You're listening to The Jason Theory with Alex Vito and Jason Stratton. Just to give you a frame of reference, I'm 6'2", and I've got a long wingspan. I really don't know what that means. Right. Like we could just talk about that. Right. Everyone says no, and you fail. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to the Jason Theory Podcast with Jason Stratton and myself, Alex Vito. Uh, we're trying again with the camera today. We're going to be recording uh, some video for this, so hopefully you'll see some of that. And uh, last week, we talked a lot about people and their dogs. <laughs> for like 20 minutes and um i know you talked about uh the market uh what's going on in like north carolina and florida as well as other stats and stuff around the neighborhoods here but uh what do you want to get into today i think something we haven't like really touched on which is something we should do is uh is like basically first-time buyers how do they find an agent and like what's the process because i had somebody that called me up on friday and they're like I know nothing about the process. Can you spend some time? We did a Zoom call and we just went through the whole thing. And sometimes I forget that people are extremely wet behind the ears, right? You know, like it's not, it's something that they've never done. And it's not as a challenging process as people think it is. Now, listen, it's a, it's a really uh, hardcore seller's market. So it is hard to get something under contract, but the whole system is not as hard as people think. Yeah, it may seem intricate, but there's easy points to it. There's yeah. hard points to it. I feel like that's with every job. There's easy. Yeah, hard yeah. And if you have it, the right team around you, right, right. it gets a little bit easier too. And of we kind of like to think that what Sophia and I do is put a team around you that hits all the points, keeps you on point. They know point, what they're doing, doing on yeah, every aspect. On yep. every aspect. So, uh, so last night, um, where I do, so the night before we do a podcast, I always take a long shower. Get and your thinking done. I get my thinking done. <laughs> and I said, I said, man, I've had great discussions with myself in the shower and they've never made them to the podcast. So hmm. I had a great discussion with myself and I said, I'm going to write things down. So this is the paper you're hearing. Okay. I wrote things down and I really want to go over basically that thing. First time home buyer stuff. Cool. So, I mean, I, I love it. I've worked with more first time home buyers over the last three months that I probably have in the last two or three years. And it's been great. I mean, the whole, the whole process and watching people get into home ownership is just, it's amazing. Yeah. You might work with me somewhere down the line. Yes, I hope so. So, um, we got into, we got into multi-units. So let's talk about people that don't want to get into multi-units, just want to buy a single place and what the process is. I always tell people the best place to start is with your friends and asking experiences they had, be it with lenders, home inspectors, agents. What did you, you know, who did you use? Um, Did you like them? What were the pluses and minuses? I know that I've had referrals come to me and I've been interviewed, which is great. I love it. Like, you know, and I think that's awesome. I think people should interview everybody so that you get a person that meshes with you. Um, You know, Sophia and I are both sides, different sides of the brain. We're completely different people. And someone that would interview for me maybe wouldn't relate to Sophia and vice versa. Someone that interviews Sophia doesn't relate to me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And that's, I will tell you that is a great thing about us is that when you do hire uh, myself or you do hire Sophia, I'll say her first, proper English, Sophia or me or I. Um, you are getting both. So like, there's a lot of times where Sophia and I will like, we're sounding boards for each other. Cause we both are completely different in terms of our thought process. 
So I think that's something that yeah, but you complement each yeah, other. Too. Yeah, yeah, we're different. You guys mesh really yeah, well. Yeah, so that so. I think that's something that I think people um, and I think people enjoy. Like when they're working with us, it's kind of nice that sometimes like when I have to sub in for Sophia or vice versa, um, people like the differences of that and getting a different yeah, feel. Yeah, that's also, I feel, one of the reasons that you guys have been so successful for so long. You guys yeah, I do are think a that good is, team. You I guys think are that, good together. Yeah. I think that helps. Um, so uh, definitely ask a friend. There's nothing better than asking someone who they used and what you liked or didn't like about them. I think that's the first place that you start. I, once that starts, the next thing you want to do is interview these people. You know, what is your philosophy what do you do are you hyper local do you know the streets are you an expert in the area that i want to purchase at if someone comes to me and says hey i want to buy in kenosha or i want to buy in crystal lake or i want to buy in down south or way west i'm not going to take them on as a client because it's not doing them the service it's not doing them justice yeah. because you're not as now you can ask me and I'll and I'll ask around and go who are the best people here and I can do that research for you and hook you up with somebody and then you can interview them I'm not telling you if to use that person but right. this so the same way that you're asking people I'm asking people this is who you should use but definitely ask them how much business they do are they hyper local and I think this is the one thing I said in my shower that I can't forget <laughs> um and I wrote it down Make sure, and I don't, and this is, people may disagree with me and there are companies that are based solely against what I'm about to say, but I, I will go to the grave saying this, your agent has to be on the buy and the sell side. I do not believe in a buyer's agent and I do not believe in a seller's agent. If you don't sleep with the enemy, how do you know how to defeat them? Wow. And I can't, it blows my mind. Half of the tricks that I learn for buyers or sellers have been played on me throughout my years. Right, right. I like believe if, it. If you're if you're only a buyer agent, how do you know what sellers want? If you're a selling agent, how do you know what the buyers you know? want? How do you know the tactics that they're going to use? I'm, yeah, yeah. Like you got to like, get inside the mind yeah, of the other person. And, and yeah. I will tell you, like especially in this environment where it's super competitive. I mean, I'm telling you, I get. 80% or 90% of, I've only lost out on one client who we keep losing out on, but everything else I've gotten. And the tactics that I'm using are taxes, tactics that were used on me where my sellers were like, oh shit, that's a great offer because we love X, Y, and Z. If you're not sleeping with the enemy, there's no way, I don't care who you are, there's no way you can know. And you can't really open up your knowledge base. So I'm gonna get into that because that's gonna talk about, uh, bringing value and that's like the mental thing we're going to talk about in the second thing right okay but you've got to sleep with the agent uh, sleep with i'm sorry <laughs> you got to sleep with the enemy don't sleep you with heard your it agent first you got to do sleep not with sleep the with your agent. agent um i don't know i guess if you're single and they're single and well, you guys enjoy sweaty, and you guys enjoy each other's company um so that is the, the the most the most important thing after you find your agent who you like hyper local to the area that you like the next thing you do is you have to get pre-approved because unless you're cash, you don't know what you can afford. And the crazy thing about that is that you probably can afford more than you think. That's what probably. happened to me yeah. because where rates are. I was like, I was like, oh, I love this, I love this house. I talked to the mortgage broker and I'm like, uh, he's like, well, you know your payment's gonna be this. And I was like, what the huh? heck did you just say? <laughs> I was like, what? So get approved. Rates are so low, you have no idea what you probably can approve. And be honest with your agent 
and be honest with your broker. Hey man, I only got five grand. I got 10 grand. Oh, my, my parents said they'll gift me X, Y, and Z. We need a plan, right? You got to right. put a plan together. And the only way to have that plan together is have everyone on the same, you know, the same plane, plane and everyone knows exactly what you can do because there are different loan options for different people. I had someone that called me a first time home, home buyer who wanted to spend, we got pre-approved up to like 225. Had no idea what he could afford. Everything he was looking at that he liked too was between 180 and 210. So it kind of worked out. Right. Had no down payment. Then I said, well, hey, listen, because I sleep with the enemy, I've seen a neighborhood loans, I've seen zip code loans, like there are so many grants and so much, there's so much free money in the city. I, I'm not lying. There's so much free money. Just find me some free money, dude. There is. Yeah. Um, pending your zip code, what do you do? Are, are you a teacher? Do you work for the city? Um, do you want to move into areas that are just starting to get, because they, they want to bring money and infrastructure to certain zip codes. And here's the great thing. Those zip codes, a lot of them have not been updated. So you're getting in, you're just like, you're, someone's going to give you 10 grand, 15 grand to live in Logan Square, Buena Park. I mean, one of the agents that we work with, he went and he bought a fantastic place with no money down because the amount of grants that were coming that are free in Buena Park. Yeah. And Buena Park is phenomenal. Yeah. And now he has like $200,000 worth of equity in his place and he just refine you do certain things. So you got to do that. Like you got to make sure everyone's on the same page, okay? Once you do that, then the most important thing is you have to know how to allocate the money. Which I mean by that is you've got a million dollars. Even when you get up to 10 million, 20 million, whatever it is, every single part of a house has a certain amount of money that goes to it. Location, space, finishes, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. So you have got to allocate that money and you got to figure out how that money gets allocated. So I know young people love to look on the internet and search on the internet, but I'm going to use a military term. I do as well. Yeah, but you've got to have boots on the ground. Boots on the ground in a military sense is basically getting into the space that you want to either occupy or look at. Boots to the ground, you gotta get on the ground with your agent and start putting money, space, and finishes and locations, put it all together, and you can only do that by going out and seeing stuff. You have to do that. You also wanna make sure that you um, that you see what you don't like, right? So a lot of times people will say to me, Hey, I don't think we like that. Or I don't think I like this. I'm like, let's go. The more you know what you don't like, the more you'll, you'll know what you like. Yeah, you'll find out more what you like. What you yeah, like. Absolutely. That's, that, I mean, you're not going to find the perfect house, but what you can find is something that you really, really like and you put that together and you only do that by going into houses. That's it. There so you go. that's kind of the thing that I wanted to, to, to talk about that in terms of um, how to find a person and the process. And then... Once you find that place, the, the second part of that process is find an attorney. We're an attorney state. So the attorney will be the one that goes over the contract, make sure that you're all covered. Your agent will then be reading the decks, the bylaws, the budgets, the minutes. You talk about that. In a condo, you want to make sure that it's healthy. And then the inspection. And the inspector then will tell you, hey, this is this, this is this, this is this. An inspection is only visual. They cannot tear apart walls and houses. So you know, you, your agent, the inspector... You got to make sure that you 
overlook everything and you look into the declarations, the minutes, and make sure how upkeep done has been done. And you also want to make sure that you don't have any, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like structural issues? Structural, yeah. And, and, uh, and, and like deferred maintenance, that's the word I'm looking oh, for. Okay. Deferred maintenance is the number one thing in a, in a resale is that people just like kicking kick stuff down the road and saying, well, I don't need to do this, this, or this yet. It's still working. The simple fact of the matter is you're buying those deferred maintenance problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what I wanted to go into. I wrote it down because I didn't want to f- lose it. But the main things I want to say is you got to get a referral, interview people, make sure they're hyper local, make sure they both work with buyers and sellers, you know, make sure they're okay with your price point too. make sure that they're willing to work at your price point. Um, and, and then make sure they have a team together, inspectors, contractors, all that. Um, any questions, Alex, any comments? Uh, no, I mean, uh, well, I guess what would, could you just go to a mortgage broker to find out what you can afford? Yeah. I mean, you can can, go to a mortgage broker. That doesn't necessarily have to be the Absolutely second step not. after you find you could go you know, to a mortgage broker and most people have an idea like you can yeah, know I what, have an idea of what I can afford you you, you, know? you basically you know uh, rule of thumb is 35% of your take home that's called debt to income ratio DTI so it's 35% of your debt to income so like if you have credit card debt you have a car debt whatever debt you have that's included in that all that debt plus your mortgage payment cannot be over 35% now there are you can go to 40. There are exemptions here and there. But I, I would tell somebody not to be house poor. And and when you get to 40% debt to income, that's a lot of your money going to your house. Yeah. Right? Like you're 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 not really giving yourself much leeway if something bad happens to the house or to yourself or you know, I would take that extra five or ten percent and and throw that into an IRA or or throw it into something that's you know like diversify and throw it something for savings yeah okay but 35 percent is the rule of thumb uh the biggest thing you're not going to be able to know just like back of the napkin math is your credit scores but you should know that not you I know my I know my credit yeah score, yeah I mean yeah. like the totality you should yeah. know that and there's a ton of um like I have experience.com, I pay for it and stuff like that. So like it locks my stuff. I can lock it so no one can open up something something new so that I can, there's a lot of people stealing stuff. So like that's something that you should do and, and know that. Mm-hmm. And another thing too is that people, a lot of people think not having debt is good, which, you know, it is. But when you don't have debt, you have no credit history, you have no payment history and it really hurts your, um, your scores. So you want to make sure that you have a credit card, you charge on it and just pay it off like at the yeah. end of the month. Yeah. And and those reoccurring payments will skyrocket your uh, your stuff, your uh, your credit scores. Um, all right, so that, that's the real estate portion of it. The, the next portion of it is, um, which, which is part of what we just talked about is in life adding value. And I kind of want to hit on that because we usually hit on something that has to do with life. And I'm going to time myself because I can talk for hours on motivational shit. And what I want to talk about is something my mom told me like when I was seven. And I think if you are listening to all these podcasts, you kind of realize at this point that I was kind of bred a certain way. (laughs) Right, right. So um, my mom used to say to me, not my dad, but my mom used to say to me all the time is that make yourself... um, basically non-replaceable and in being non-replaceable is constantly adding value to yourself and whatever you do and 
and adding value to yourself could be to your spouse, it could be to your kids, it could be to your job, it could be to to your passions, could be to whatever you do. Constantly adding value to yourself. And what I think that is, is that by making yourself irreplaceable, you can demand more money for what you do, you'll never get fired, and you're always gonna be in demand for higher paying jobs or for whatever it is. And I think a lot of times, People are satisfied at where they are, which is great. If that's how you are, that's how you are. But just know that there are four or five people behind you that are adding value to what they do and they will take your position in anything in life. So I always think that successful people always become non-replaceable. And I took that to heart when I got into real estate. Like when when there was Sophia, Sophia graciously brought me in and she was primarily a new development. I would hang out at construction sites and I would just ask everybody everything. Why are you doing this? What's this? The masons, the electric, the plumbing. You're adding stuff to your repertoire. You're adding value to yourself so that when you go and talk to somebody, there's value, right? right. Any- well, that goes back to a couple a couple episodes ago when we were talking about uh, your son doing baseball and you're like, well, if you're going to do it, why not be the best why not be the best at it? Yeah. Why not try to be the best at it? And so, I yeah. actually, it's so funny. Like one of the notes here is, Oh is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the notes is there. Like, like when, uh, Lee had an opportunity to be a catcher. Um, he's like, ah, I'm like, I'm like, dude, no one likes to catch, become a great catcher. Just do it. And coaches will tell you the easiest way to get scholarships and to plan a team is to be a catcher. Cause no one wants to do it. Yeah. And I was like, there's no reason not to do it. Add right. Like, like, I know like, um, and this is a word that we'll use, but we'll, we'll bring it in now. Like, you know, my kids will all sit around and let's bring up Kyrie Irving. We'll do something. And my will will look at me and goes, man, he's got so much stuff in his bag. And he uses a different word than stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and and for, for, for people that don't know what that means, it just means that he has he's so much so value. Tools. Yeah. So much tools. Like he brings value. So like, look at Kyrie. I mean, he is a load on a team's, mental right but he has so much value he's so much in his bag that he's always going to be there like constantly adding stuff to your bag constantly adding value is important and i think i think one of the greatest things too and in in real estate people are always like well you know the internet's going to replace this or it's going to do this or it's going to do this and and all this eye buying and all this stuff it's all flopped it's documented right um However, people can still go and look at a house online, right? But what value are you bringing above and beyond that? Like, if I'm just going to go and open doors for people, you know, you might as well use a discount broker, right? I'm not bringing any value. You have to bring value to the game. And I think that's why Sophia and I have always been top 20 in the state or top 10 is because we're always bringing value and you have to bring value. And I learned that from Sophia because she, with a master's in interior design and being in in, in um, new construction, I always noticed that she was able to go to a space, right, and break down that space and tell people this and tell people that. And I think one of the main values that we have as real estate agents or whatever you do in life is you never, your value isn't what people already know, right? Like when someone walks into a house, I always, when I get interviewed, to go back to that, when I get interviewed, you know, people are like, well, what's your style? I go, plain and simple. I don't care what you like. And they look at me. I go, because you like what you like and I like what I like. 
why would I want to tell you what I like? You're not me. I go, my only thing, and this is my philosophy in real estate, my only worry is who am I selling it to? And they look at me like, what are you saying? I'm like, well, who am I selling this to, right? Because you, you got to get out of this. Right. And are you going to get out of it for the money you made, losses, whatever it is? So a real estate job, person's job is to say, hey, listen, how, when we buy this, how do you get out? That's another reason why you need an agent that works both sides. Because if you're only a buyer's agent, you don't know what you need to do to sell a place, which is, which is the, the end of the transaction. No, yeah, that's true. The in yeah. and the out. Right? Yeah, both sides you gotta know. That's the value that you gotta bring. It's not what people like. That's not value. The value is what are other things that those people don't know. And I will tell you, I don't care how smart you think you are, you'll never, unless you spend 18 years doing this every single day, you'll never know more than me. <laughs> you just Fair. won't. Fair enough. And, 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 I, and you know, I know a lot about finance and stock markets, but you know what? I'll never know more than the guy that handles my money. And, and I'm, and I think like people that are successful realize that they don't know more than those people. And that's, what's bringing value, um, to that. Like I wrote down here, I was thinking about it last night. Think about Kanye and Jay-Z, like from the rooter to the duder. Well, Kanye basically did the production for Jay-Z, but Jay-Z is on the business side of it. Like these guys that are, that are the top of their game they're they do it from start to finish production, writing, um, own their masters the business side of it the concerts the the, the clothing you you gotta know all aspects of yeah. the business to be successful you know it's actually it's it's actually ironic that you bring up kanye because when uh kanye had said that beyonce should have won artist of the year and beck had won artist of the year do you remember that yeah beck does all the same things that kanye does yes beck writes beck produces beck is literally an artist and I just thought it was ironic. Yeah. I just thought it was funny that that happened way back. You know, but I think that was 2013. Did Kanye, like that. Kanye, I, I, I'm trying to remember. I, think I thought he, it was Kanye. He like was talking to He did, to but I think he, bapt, I think he baptized, I think he's the godfather for one of their kids. Maybe for Beyonce's? Yeah. I, oh, okay. I don't know. But yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he was just trying to back him yeah, and say I mean, that. But I just thought it was funny because Beck literally writes everything. Yeah. Like all of his own stuff. Yeah. He produces it. He, yeah. you know, whatever, plays all the instruments. Anyway. No, I, I back to that. yeah, it's it, and it's funny that he would turn around and say that when yeah. when Beyonce's probably just got a five thousand ghostwriters and and who knows? I mean, come in and sing and get out of here. Yeah, there's all these people that oh Taylor Swift has ghostwriters or whatever. Like I I I believe Taylor Swift writes her own songs. You know, I like to believe that because uh, how does you know, that? In so the let's, let's shift because like we're that. done. We're done with adding value. Oh sure, yeah, we can. We how can does how does someone not? How does that not get out that someone's ghostwriting for somebody? I don't know. I mean, I know that. Um, How do you keep that secret? I don't know. I don't know if you do. I don't know if you can. I know I mean, they I, all know. Like I, they, when they, when I watch the stuff on like because I TikTok. think you have to give people credit if you're like for legal reasons. Yeah. I don't know. So. I don't know how ghostwriting necessarily works because I haven't really had anybody do it for me. We've worked with people and given them proper credit when they when they contribute to songwriting. So it's just completely different. And I know that we, we can go back to Taylor Swift when she was writing a couple a uh, couple of the albums she released uh, during COVID. Um, she had his name is Jack Antonoff from the band Bleachers, um, but he's a bigger he's a big producer. And a great songwriter. They like work together. And this other guy, I don't remember where he was from, but um, we watched like a little documentary on them, like making it in this like house in the middle of the forest. It was like pretty cool. But yeah. Yeah. I don't think that, 
I don't think Taylor Swift has ghostwriters. I think she writes all of her own songs. I'm so glad we're visually taping this because I know you love Taylor Swift. And if you could see you <laughs> and Taylor Swift, it's great. I love it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just... I, you saying I don't look like I like Taylor Swift? No. <laughs> I'm typecasting. I'm all about typecasting. Hey, man. Give me <laughs> the... I, I, I played... Uh, speaking of typecasting, I played a uh, Italian kid called uh, Yonkers in uh, my uh, college production of That Gypsy. I can see. That I can see. Yonkers. Yeah, that, was my, sure. that was my little side character I got to play. Anyway. I want to... I, I got to do some research on that because... Not on Yonkers, but on, <laughs> on, on, on uh, ghostwriting because it's like... It fills my TikTok feed, like all of the rappers trying to figure out who writes their own stuff, who does it. Yeah. And it's it's interesting that you can get away with that without giving people credit. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I've never experienced it, so I don't really yeah. know how it works, so. Um, so my only word that I, that I wanted to bring up, we brought up. I mean, I don't know if you have anything else that you want to bring up or what's going on. Next week, we're going to spend, so we did multi-units, we're doing like how to pick an agent and how to work with an agent in the process. I really want to break down slowly um, the amount of money you save buying versus renting. And I know that there is a large portion of people that say to me, yeah, but I have freedom when I rent. And I want to tackle that too, especially if you're going to be living in the same. But everyone says, oh, I, you know, I can move whenever I want to move. You know what? No one ever moves. Like, like they spend two or three years. Statistically in Chicago, you spend three years at your rental. No. So, when you break down that three years, I want to talk about that. And then I also want to talk about a lot of stuff. Go to um, our Instagram, Clopistratton underscore team, and we do a lot of stuff on statistics, on millionaires, um, successful people. And I want to break down, you know, as a teaser, just let you know that uh, in real estate in the world, there's more wealth. If you add up all the industries, so everything, apples, Amazons, oil, whatever, add everything together, it still does not surpass the amount of wealth that real estate is. So I kind of really want to go, we'll spend five minutes on that. You know, 90% of all millionaires start in real estate and, and there's a reason why. And I really like, not only do I make a living selling and buying real estate, but I really enjoy um, when people buy and, and start this financial freedom and, and this saving process that's really going to benefit them their whole life. So I want to go into that next week. Yeah, so absolutely. With that, I think that's it. Yeah, that's um, it. I mean, you know, yeah. I appreciate everyone listening. Love the feedback that I've been getting. And really, um, I appreciate the texts and people reaching out on my dad's episode and just uh, kind of thoughts that people sent to me about their kids. And we have, I've had nice offline discussions with people about this and that. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, like I always say, give us a like, comment, and subscribe on our YouTube channel. And uh, give us a follow on social media at the Clopas Stratton underscore team. We'll, uh, we'll catch you guys next time when we talk about... Oh, yeah. Next time, basically, we're going to break down ownership versus renting. Ownership versus renting next time. Catch it. Bye. Thanks. Thanks.